0: Hello and welcome to the KPMG podcast series for tax, legal and mobility leaders. As many jurisdictions begin to emerge from the initial response to COVID-19, a question that continues to arise is what does the new reality look like from a responsible tax perspective? In today's podcast, we'll consider how the tax transparency debate will evolve, the roles and responsibilities of tax administrations, governments and policymakers who are now facing some very challenging decisions to repair their fiscal deficits and the extent to which tax authorities may seek to recoup subsidies and other benefits claimed by businesses during COVID-19. KPMG is currently hosting a series of Global Responsible Tax virtual roundtables, which bring together diverse perspectives from business leaders as they dissect the long-term responses to COVID-19 as economies start to emerge from lockdowns and look to rebuild. With me today by phone we have Jay McCormick, Global Head of Tax and Legal Services, KPMG International. Chris Morgan, Head of Global Tax Policy, also at KPMG International, and John Connors, Group Tax Director, Vodafone Group Services Limited, who will share their thinking on what responsible tax looks like in the new reality ahead. Jane, I know that you're very passionate about and committed to the Responsible Tax Project. Since the inception of the programme in 2014, have you seen other people's views change when it comes to the role of business?
1: Yes, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Since we founded the Responsible Tax Project, you know, some years ago, there have been developments in thinking about the role of business. Um, and in recent years, we've seen the rise of the ESG agenda, uh, and businesses have become a lot more focused on their purpose and their societal impact. Um, in some countries, this is, is actually leading to changes in corporate governance, either in practice or sometimes even in law. So, um, responsible tax, in terms of the policies and processes which businesses adopt, can now really be seen as part of this broader ESG agenda.
0: Thanks, Jane. Chris, could you provide some background on KPMG's Responsible Tax Round Table series? What's the purpose of these debates?
2: We've been running the roundtables as part of the Responsible Tax project for about four years, globally. and what we've been doing is looking at contentious issues, hot topics, and we get between 12 and 20 people together in a room, or now virtually, to talk about these with a wide range of stakeholders from different backgrounds. And what we're trying to do is to see is there some measure of agreement or of consensus around a topic, and if not, to try and understand why there are differences and where the different stakeholders are coming from that's the background, and COVID, I think, really has highlighted the importance of this approach to tax. Because on the one hand, you've got governments are spending huge amounts of money to support the economy and to support uh, individuals and families. And on the other hand, there's growing concern about the effects of the the lockdowns and particularly the effect um, on inequality.
0: So that raises the obvious question, is tax part of the solution here? Chris, can you tell us more about the recent virtual roundtable series you're hosting, looking at tax issues as a result of COVID-19?
2: So what we did is we started off by having three roundtables looking at the overall picture. We looked at the short term as lockdowns were imposed, um, the medium term as companies and countries and people sort of go through that lockdown stage. And then what happens when countries start to come out of lockdown and the economy starts to grow again? And then we decided we'd have about 10 roundtables, which would be a deep dive into specific issues. And what we focused on is, first of all, can tax be used to kickstart economies? Because what we heard from lots of people in the first roundtables was it would be better if governments didn't have to increase tax too quickly in order to allow economies to grow. Secondly, and allied to that, there's a big push that... um, the recovery should be a green one as the UN mantra build back better. So we are holding a few round tables which are focusing on how do you get money from investment funds to the decarbonisation projects and the green projects that we need to build back better. And then the third area is everybody recognizes it's likely that many or all governments are going to have to raise tax and some of course will have to do that quicker if they can't borrow so we've got a number of roundtables around what would be the best way to raise tax looking at general measures income tax corporation tax but also wealth taxes and property taxes and it's been great to see the reactions we've got we've had great engagement from clients from companies from individuals from academics but also great support from uh, people at the OECD and the IMF and the UN who've wanted to participate in these discussions. So for me, it's been really rewarding and very, very interesting um, to see what's coming out of them.
0: Thanks, Chris. John, if I can come to you, you've participated in these discussions. Can I ask you about your thoughts on that first point around kickstarting the economy? What measures do you think are needed now in order to stimulate economic growth?
3: Um, I think, from a company perspective, I think that measures that directly and immediately stimulate investments in infrastructure and in jobs um, have a significant multiplier effect. So, things like accelerating depreciation allowances above the line tax credits for investments and technological innovation, say, would help create the the stimulus necessary, I think, not only to grow the economy, but to build a robust and sustainable base for the future. Um, I think the other option of, of increasing cash in the hands of consumers through income tax or VAT rate reductions can certainly help stimulate spending but probably need to be carefully structured if they are to have the, the desired effect.
0: And John, what are your thoughts on the green agenda and concentrating on either initiatives or taxes or perhaps even both? So
3: certainly I think that environmental, social, corporate governance issues have, have never been more important um, or more relevant than in the current climate. Um, I think that goes with with what I've said about the crisis being an opportunity Um, for structural changes, corporate income tax incentives, like accelerated depreciation um, which can also be used I think to promote green technologies or climate related R&D and I think more efficient if that goes hand in glove with other measures like getting carbon pricing right as well.
0: And John, do you feel there's a case for taxing environmental bads and away from taxing employment?
3: Um well I think it's a complex area, I'd say first, first and foremost. So I think you know, there, there really is an opportunity here to reduce our reliance on on fossil fuels in particular. Um, but I think you need to bear in mind that if we really want to develop and rely on technology, that in turn requires us to use lithium, cobalts, um, you know, platinum, copper, and, and other minerals. Um, And many of those, you know, still have to be mined and are located in in Africa, in China or the Middle East. So, I think that then brings with it a, you know, a whole range of connotations and implications. You know, you've got the sort of the negative one of still, you know, a potentially damaging impact on the environment, but a positive one in terms of being able to stimulate employment and wealth creation in in some of those emerging economies but then you've got the political challenge as well in terms of international relations and the security of the supply chain Um, so in principle yes um, I think you know tax those environmental bads and and incentivize the goods but the boundaries are really not always clear-cut
0: so, John, do you think the crisis is being used to move to greener taxation, or is that agenda put on hold in the interest of getting back to economic growth?
3: Well, I think it, I think it's part and parcel of of the growth agenda. So, I think it's that's the opportunity is there as we develop our tax systems. Cetera, to short to ensure that we integrate, you know, greener energy ta- type tax uh, regime that, as I say, you know, moves us towards a more technologically advanced. Um, infrastructure and system um, with the right tax incentives alongside.
0: Jane, would you agree with this? Does tax policy have a part to play in a green recovery?
1: So tax, I think, has absolutely got a part to, to play in, um, in a, the green recovery or, or the transition to a greener economy. Um, it's not the only instrument, but it is part of um, the arsenal, if you like, that governments have uh, to try and encourage um, that transition. It works in two ways, doesn't it? There's a sort of carrot approach and a stick approach. Um, In many cases, I think the stick has been deployed rather than the carrot. So we do, for example, see carbon taxes. Um, And I think we're probably going to see more of that. I think I'm right in saying that something like only 30% of carbon emissions are currently taxed. Um, So you can see um, an increase maybe on on taxation of um, pollutants, whether it's carbon or other pollutants, um, and hopefully a design of tax policy that means that it is indeed the polluter that pays that tax rather than somebody else, which isn't always the case now. On the other hand, we may need more carrots. Um, So judicial use of um, reliefs and incentives. Um, may work in this in this environment to make green investments more attractive again, there are some policy design issues that need to be looked at there, particularly to make sure that those reliefs and incentives are actually effective and uh, and reach and you know, benefit the investor because sometimes they don't um because these contracts uh, these projects are very often loss making in the early years, so tax reliefs are, are worthless. Um, so, again, good policy design, that can help. And there's actually a sort of third area which is interesting, which is taxation of the circular economy. If you think about it on recycling, um, recycling tends to be a human activity, and it's work-intensive to recycle things. So if you're taxing labour, but you're not taxing the consumption of commodities, then you can see it might be economically beneficial to mine and build new stuff rather than recycling the old stuff. Um, So there's some interesting thinking out there on how tax policy could could support the circular economy. So it's um, taxes, as I say, is only one part of the jigsaw puzzle, but it does have a role to play. And I think some, some careful thinking around how these different components work um, still needs to be done.
0: Thanks, Jane. And John, when it comes to the discussion around how to pay for the effects of COVID-19, countries seem to have moved away from wealth taxes. Could wealth taxes be made to work or is it better to focus on something that's easier to identify and value, such as land?
3: Um, you know, I can see the political attraction of, of taxing wealth, but it is absolutely fraught with with difficulties. So, you know, as you indicate, whether it's, you know, the one-off valuations relating to fluctuating property prices, land values, share prices, et cetera, or indeed the, the linkage between wealth and the ability to, to pay. So, you know, I, I think it's really in the too difficult to sort of deal with box, um, because I think you're left really facing with an argument in, in terms of greater progressive taxes, whether it's on income or profits. Um, supplemented by transactional taxes at the point of sale or transfer but I think a whole scale change to wealth taxes etc will simply complicate the tax system and become administratively unworkable and divisive as well.
0: Thanks John. Jane I'm guessing the conversation around responsible tax has continually changed in the time that you've been running these round tables but in light of Covid-19 I'm assuming that conversation is changing once again?
1: Yes, you're right. When we first started on the program, we were focused on um, behaviours of taxpayers and their advisors, um, and that was very much responsive to the increased expe- expectations from society or from policymakers in those areas. but it was it was almost surprising to me how quickly that conversation did turn round into talking about um, what responsible behaviour from the on the part of policymakers tax administrations, and what you might call the commentariat, the, the, the people who talk about tax, you know what that responsibility for those people was. Um, and certainly on policymakers, they always do walk this very difficult line, don't they, on the one hand of needing to collect the revenues to do the public goods that are, that are done by governments, but on the other hand, um, not to um, charge taxes in, in a way that impedes business. Uh, And those choices are going to get even harder as a result of um, where where we are with the pandemic. On the one hand, we we have to stimulate the economy. On the other hand, we have to collect taxes. Um, And there is a big responsibility, I think, on policymakers to do a number of things. One is to think through what the policy should be um, and make it uh, coherent and effective within their own countries. We often see policies that that don't achieve the policy ends um, because they haven't been thought through, there hasn't been sufficient consultation on them. So that's one responsibility. There is also, I think, a responsibility between countries. Um, There will be a need to react quickly to local conditions, but I think it's also important that we don't lose some of the progress that has been made on international coherence of tax. And then, you know, on, on the part of the Commentary Act that I was talking about, wherever those people come from, um, just to make sure that we're not all um, shouting loudly for, our, you know, our latest hobby horse, because governments are going to have to make difficult choices. Um, and as I say, may, may need to do things that don't always look on the face of it to be the answer to the populist requirement, but are in fact more effective in achieving the economic outcomes that we want.
0: Thanks, Jane. Chris, in the virtual roundtables, what are the emerging tensions you're hearing from the responsible tax community?
2: Through these roundtables, there's a number of tensions. I'd identify about five that seem to emerge in pretty much all of them, whether we're talking about what stimulus measures would be needed, how do you stimulate investment into the green economy, or how would you raise tax if that's necessary. and. Five tensions, are really. The first one is the tension between raising tax now to pay for the deficits and not wanting to strangle off the economy as it starts to grow and what timing that should come in at. The second one is the tension between multilateralism and unilateralism. Lots of the people we speak to believe that many of the the issues need a multilateral type approach. But at the same time, it's recognised that some countries have to act quickly and they have specific circumstances and therefore should be able to act unilaterally. Um, There's been some comments that um, demonising unilateral actions is, is a bad thing. And the tension really is how can you... If you don't have multilateralism at least have some kind of coordinated unilateralism if that makes sense the third one is whether or not the current situation is really the opportunity for countries to rethink their tax systems if they feel that they're out of date but is it time for a fundamental change but on the other hand there's a tension just to get on with what needs to be done now to put the fires out fourthly and that's it's sort of a lie is the whole question of the green economy and whether or not this is the time to build back better. I must say the vast majority of people we speak to are saying this is the opportunity for a greener future. It really is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And the fifth one is the tension between expert advice and the political possibility to implement it. So we saw this very much in the most recent roundtable we had which was on wealth tax yeah. and lots of people were saying in an ideal world you you would do x y and z on a wealth tax but politically it might be very difficult to get through so there's always this tension between can you actually
0: get it done and what would be the uh,
2: theoretical best
0: solution thanks chris to the first of those concerns, Jane, how can countries navigate that tension between using tax cuts as a stimulus versus raising taxes? I'm guessing it's a tough balancing act.
1: Well, the answer is probably both are going to be necessary and it might be a question largely of timing. So many have said, not least the OECD, um, that it's probably right for countries not to hurry to fiscal, fiscal consolidation though if countries can borrow to get through the immediate economic impact. is probably better to do that than to raise taxes immediately. Always bearing in mind, of course, that there are some countries, um, particularly in the global south, who may find it more difficult to borrow. Um, But I think there's a realization for most people that sooner or later, we have to pay back the borrowing or at least reduce the deficits. And that is going to mean more taxes in one shape or form. the, 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 that balancing act then is going to become really important, isn't it, because it is about how can those additional taxes be gathered in a way that doesn't hold back investment and employment, which will be so so badly needed uh, as we pull back. Um, lots of discussions going on on this, um, and I think through the, the roundtables that we're currently holding, um, that just reinforces to me that uh, there needs to be a lot of discussion between business, government, academics, to see if we can try and get this balance right.
0: Thanks, Jane. Another of the areas of tension that Chris mentioned was the possibility for a global rethink of tax systems. John, if I can come back to you, from a business perspective, is this the right time for a major rethink?
3: The basic mantra that we have today of of taxing corporate profits, on the basis of a, of a broad base and, and relatively low rate is, is the right one and is, is sort of sustainable in the longer term as well. Um, maybe rates have gone too low and, you know, the, there's been a bit of a battle to incentivize companies to locate or relocate to particular jurisdictions. Um, but, uh, you know, an effective tax rate in the, in the mid 20% rather than the, the teens is, is certainly viable and I think remains fully appropriate. Um, you know, what does concern me is the move towards a plethora of, of niche or sector-specific taxes. Um, I think you know, we've seen you know, potential discrimination against certain industries or indeed against individual companies, individual businesses. And we also see the addition of you know, very significant administrative complexity. So the tax system, which is which is no good for any of us. So, I certainly think there is room to explore a common framework for taxation, whether globally or, for example, across Europe, provided that you know that framework and that infrastructure still caters for appropriate reliefs and allowances and consolidation of profits and losses or income and expenditure. Um, and you know, I think I've. You know probably come to the view that the EU's fairly dormant triple CTB project remains or or indeed is enhanced as a as a good
0: starting point for such a debate. And John, what do you think the likelihood is of of moving towards some kind of global tax?
3: I think there is definitely an opportunity to to move to to a greater international tax architecture and a framework within which individual countries can 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 operate. Um, you know, I guess my concern with the, the proposition or the premise is the the instinct of, of politicians and sovereign states to to protect their domestic interests above above all. So, whilst I, I think we are seeing an appetite to to come together and certainly address issues of tax avoidance or uh, to enhance administrative cooperation um, from a business and corporate perspective, I, I see little. Collective will to, you know, address measures that would really simplify tax regimes, or would provide those reliefs and incentives that, that, I say, you know, can help stimulate the economy, or, you know, specifically to avoid double or multiple taxation. And I think the, the big issue that you've got in that framework is that to develop a, a coherent international architecture, there are likely to be winners and losers within that. And I don't see any focus of attention um, on the the losers part of that equation on the behalf of the uh, of the politicians or their or the countries involved. So I think it's a long way off before we get anything that is is truly global um, in its application.
0: Chris, it's clearly been a productive few years for the Responsible Tax Program. What's next, and where do you see the conversation going from here? We're looking
2: at having some kind of probably global, but again, virtual event, when we bring all the strands together and we help to publicize what's come out of these different round tables. We're also looking at producing a publication, a a booklet, which would be the third or fourth one that we've done. So what we could do is pull together all the feedback we got from the different round tables and set that out in one place to basically give some views on where tax policy might help um, with the aftermath of of Covid. And then going forward after that I can see there's uh, room for having these conversations at a much more local level, regional level. In all the roundtables we have tried to make sure there's global representation and the global conversations, but it would be interesting also to have them at a much more local level, because one of the things we're hearing is that in different countries, because their economy, their society, politics, and the tax regime is different, the way in which tax policy will be used and the potential answers are all going to be slightly different and nuanced. So it would be really useful to have these conversations at the local level.
0: And John, do you think a responsible tax future is possible? I do, and I
3: think I think it's incumbent on on a lot of companies and businesses to take the lead here as as well. And um, I think you know we're the majority of companies now. recognise the value of the UN's Sustainable Development Goals and the aspirations that are there, and the need to engage with with our consumers, our employees, and and stakeholders, including governments. And and honestly governments and, and you know civil society are not going to achieve these aims on their own and they, they need financing for developments and they need financing for national infrastructure and that money is going to come from businesses and from individuals. So so I think there's an opportunity here for businesses to take a lead as well, as you say, in in defining responsible tax practices and, and you know making their contribution to society. And I think that's something that can be really beneficial to those businesses as well as to wider society. So I am optimistic that we can make progress um, in the coming years because, you know, almost self-interest will dictate that we we do that and that we take a lead and that we, you know, we show, you know, our responsible side, you know, as well as our drive to, to make profits for shareholders and so forth.
0: And finally, Jane, if I can come back to you, where do you see the conversation on responsible tax going from here?
1: Um, well, it's always a little difficult to say a long time in advance where we're going to go because we are re- reactive to um, you know what, what are the topics of the day. Um, my hunch is that we will be returning to the topic of transparency, whether that is from government's or supranational organisations, um, but we also see a movement towards greater transparency as part of the ESG agenda. So, coming from uh, the investor community and from business leaders as well. So, I suspect um, that we will be returning the topic of um, what you know, of what good reporting on tax looks like. What are the stakeholder requirements that that needs to be responsive to?
0: Jane, Chris, and John, on behalf of our listeners, thank you for your time today and for sharing your perspectives around the responsible tax debate and the candid and collaborative conversations you're having globally through the Virtual Roundtable series.
3: You're very welcome. Take
0: okay. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. For more information and resources on COVID-19, visit home.kpmg.com forward slash COVID-19 tax and legal. Join us again next time and please email us with any questions you have about today's episode at tax at kpmg.com. And we'd also love to hear from you with any suggestions you have for future episodes. Thanks for listening.